0: Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for Product Managers and Innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister. Helping Product Managers become Product Masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level. For the doctor is in.
1: Hi, this is Chad and this is where you make your move from Product Manager to Product Master. Learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products customers love. Product managers need to be high achievers, and many are. They are the driving force that discover unmet needs customers have, creating value through their product work. That work is both demanding and fulfilling, no small feat. To be a high achiever, you can learn from those who already are. High achievers have some things in common. My guest, Arthur Camarzi, wrote the book on high achievers. It's titled, The Six Dimensions of a Top Achiever. Arthur is the founder of Directive Communication Psychology, and is ranked among the top 10 leadership thought leaders by global gurus. In our discussion, he shares the information from his book, The Six Dimensions of Top Achievers. You'll find the summary of our discussion at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 190. Now to the interview. Arthur, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators. My pleasure, Chad. So you have a deep history and experience base in dealing with top achievers, helping people become better leaders, helping organizations develop. And the space of product managers, right, which is my audience, they really are high achievers. They're often in the role because they wanted more influence, more impact in their organization. they able to help the customers and they are becoming leaders in their organization. So I thought you were a great guest to have on to talk about what does it really take to become a top achiever?
2: Wow. Well, you know, it, you know it really totally depends on the individual because mm. you can't, you, there's no one recipe for everyone, okay? But... There are guidelines on how you can take the fundamental elements of who you are and be the best you that you can be and put them together to create, well, basically uh, a sense of um, greatness.
1: Mm -hmm. What was your path to this to kind of uncover that, you know, to tease out uh, what those elements are?
2: Well, this, with a, with the first book that I wrote, literally, literally the very first book I wrote, and uh, this is called "The Six Dimensions of Top Achievers," hmm. and uh, what we did was we interviewed fifty uh, different people that were extremely high achievers, making uh, seven figures or more, and were making major decisions in major companies and. Were seriously making an impact in the world, and through and, and in different countries, not just in the United States, but literally across the world.
1: Excellent, a good interview-based approach to this to kind of tease out common elements across those high achievers. Excellent. All right, so let's uh, you know I can we can we can go through that right yeah, now. Yeah, let's like. dive into them. What's what's our first dimension here? All right. Well, the first
2: one is being failure-proof. All right. Now, while that sounds kind of Counterproductive because failure in itself is how people learn. But see, it's the whole perspective of how you take failure. Um, in fact, you know, by understanding that failure is essentially the fundamental stepping stone to making more success, that is one of the keys that all top achievers had is that no matter how they failed, how uh, difficult things became, and whatever they did that just didn't work out um, they always learned from it. They thought Mm -hmm. that, oh, okay, this is not a failure. This is a learning experience. And they kept moving. They didn't let them, it didn't, they didn't let it bring them back to, oh, maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe this isn't going to uh, work out for me.
1: What seems to be failure at the time is really all about learning. And this fail fast kind of phrase we hear all the time is really about just learning fast.
2: Exactly. And, you know, the, and, and Also, I mean, if you know some of my work, um, you know, we've also developed the uh, colored brain model, which is based on uh, a person's ambiguity relief process. It's a genetic process of how people get clarity and what, for example, some people have what we call a chaotic process. So that means that they, instead of getting clarity in advance before taking action, what happens is that they get just a little bit of information and then they take action based on a little bit of information to get clarity. Now, these kinds of people will actually fail often, more often than any other of the brain process. But here's the thing. okay? What happens is that they fail so fast mm-hmm. and recover so fast that half the time, nobody even knows they failed. And half the time, some of the ideas that they get in the process of failing and, and solving the problem as they go are even better ideas than the original process that they were going to
1: try in the first place. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, that's something else I want to look into now, the colored brain model.
2: There you go. Okay.
1: Good resource for me to know about. Okay. So, first to mention, failure proof. Uh, really about keep moving forward, keep learning. What's our second dimension?
2: Second dimension is discipline. And now discipline also comes back to uh, very different processes of how you do discipline, right? So time management, I mean, there are so many places and people out there that have taken time management uh, programs and everything else. And half the time, what people end up doing is they are really good at it for like the first two weeks. And mm-hmm. then they stop. Okay, so managing time is not is, is not the same as scheduling. Managing time is about being able to figure out how to not waste time. Huh. Okay, so if you think about it, okay, the people that are really top achievers, it's they find ways to not waste time. So if they're on a plane, they're doing something. If they're um, at home they're finding ways to get three or four benefits from this at the same time. For example, like, um, you know, one of the things that uh, is important to me is my kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's also important to me to be fit. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we do every morning is my kids and I, we have this little exercise um, session. Okay. So I'm getting quality time with my kids. And at the same time, I'm exercising. Right. So, you know, there's the, 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 this, this way I have more time to do other things, right? And so rather than, um, for example, spending lots of time on social media, and I do need social media presence, but for me to do it by myself is not really very practical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the other hand, having uh, automations and having some people support that and then me kind of focusing on some of the important elements of it. I can really leverage that a lot more. So being able to understand what's important to you, what are the things that you need to achieve, and creating situations where you maximize, or you well, basically maximize the time that you have. So time management, again, is not scheduling, but discipline is about making sure that you consistently are applying your skills, whichever they may be, to reduce the amount of time you waste and focus on the things that are going to actually get you specific results.
1: So, reframing, you know, the, this discipline dimension, kind of reframing the time management aspect, and I like that you shared, when people try to create this new habit, right, M- maybe they stick with it for two weeks, and then <laughs> yeah. they find out there, there, there's a built-in resistance, right, because it just doesn't fit them and what they're actually trying to accomplish. And so managing time is about not wasting it.
2: And also, I mean, if you go like, for example, you know, we were talking briefly about the colored brain model, okay? So, for example, there's another uh, brain process called linear processing, okay? So linear processing is all about structure. So these people, it's very easy for them to get structure, okay? But let's say, for example, you know, some of the other um, processes like – intuitive processing mm-hmm. not necessarily very structured or you know you or you have um, relational processing where you know they need so much information that sometimes that takes up a lot of time and so understanding these different processes that you have also helps you to manage your um, time and for that matter understand your how you know what to expect from yourself and others, because sometimes we get a little bit frustrated because others are have different processes than right. we do, and we waste time by worrying about how people are not doing it our way or by cre- creating conflict or or dealing with conflict instead of actually just focusing on objectives.
1: Right. It has to fit us, right? The approach to discipline has to be reflective of who we are. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, we get, we get frustrated.
0: We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute. This episode of The Everyday Innovator is brought to you by Product Innovation Educators, your one place for online training to make the move from product manager to product master. When you enroll in one of our online courses, it's like having Chad McAllister as your personal coach. In each course, you get video lessons, added resources, and a private community for collaboration with other product managers and innovators. And, of course, you get direct access to Chad, who will answer your questions and get you heading in the right direction. Past students tell us the concepts, practices, and tools are valuable, but the real benefits they gain are being more confident, increasing their influence in their organization, and generating greater success for themselves and their company. There are four levels of training to become a product master. Find your level now. Get started by going to TheEverydayInnovator.com board slash master. Your one place to become a product master. TheEverydayInnovator.com board slash master. Don't wait. Get started now.
1: We got failure-proof discipline, our third dimension the
2: motivation dimension. Okay. So now see, this one's, this one's one of, you know, my, my favorite, cause you gotta be able to, you know, be motivated to be passionate, to be mm-hmm. excited. And, um, so, uh, one of our, one of my biggest projects right now is, uh, that we are building a leadership school hmm. in, um, in Malaysia and it's a boarding school. And this school itself is designed. I mean, you know, most people out there already know there's a problem with the education system, but this school is designed to literally create highly motivated, passionate individuals that are excited, not just about learning, but about achieving greatness. And so right now the school systems give you all this study, study, study kind of stuff and um, they give you subjects to learn. And I mean, just for example, I mean, homework, right? Right. Okay? Now, let's, let's just take the idea of homework. What happens is that you're studying um, math, and then they give you math homework, and you're studying uh, science, and they give you science homework. You study history, and they give you history homework. Okay? It's boring, and it's not fun, and you don't want to do it, and so you're not motivated mm-hmm. at all, right? right. So, like, for example, one of the things that we're doing in this school is um, all the subjects are essentially kind of combined through projects, Okay. So let's say, for example, you've got a product manager and he's got a product. Okay, mm-hmm. Well, he's not just doing one thing, right? He's not just doing a, you know, one specific uh, element of that. He's doing the entire product, which includes marketing, which includes branding, which includes uh, social media. I mean, it includes, you know, a, an entire, um, com- you know, world that revolves around that product. And the same thing with, with the students, say, for example, rather than doing homework, we've got them connecting all these things, but we do it in, in, with a story. So let's say, for example, you go to high school and instead of doing homework, you, every week you have a, a specific KPI or objective. Okay. And that objective essentially is creating a, um, a part of what you've learned, but putting it into a story. And huh. as a story, eventually you continue to do this over the entire school year. At the end of the school year, you review and you edit everything that you've done. And then you have a book. Huh. So by the end of high school, okay, um, end of four years, every student will have published four books. About their project work. And it's not, its again, it can be a story, it can be fiction, but it can incorporate okay. um, all of these different elements of What they've learned, right? So I mean, just look at that. And instead of now I have to do this work, now it's like oh, I'm writing a book.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And you know, when when you're you know 15 years old and you can go up to somebody and say oh, I'm an author, and you know, your books are out published on Amazon, and and I mean, it's it's a big deal, right? Absolutely. And and see, here's the thing: when you know you're a product manager, um, sometimes you get. Overwhelmed. I mean, there's just so much stuff to do, right? But by creating these one-week uh, milestones, just simple things that you can do one week, um, or you know, or, or you know, take some big project and just break it down into little tiny milestones, so that every time you finish something, it's like, wow, I finished it, you know, and you get this this sense of achievement. Instantly, when you have finished things, because sometimes, you know, we, we, we you know, we, especially high achievers, we have this mm-hmm. emotional need for achievement. And when the project is too big or the whole thing is too big, it ends up being too big and you don't get your achievement until you get there. Right. And therefore, you get discouraged, you get uh, demotivated, and you're still pushing through and it's hard. It's like homework. And so, what happens with uh, with the, with, by, by making it into small chunks, you get a chance to finish things and celebrate each thing right. that you finish. Right. And that maintains the motivation.
1: Yeah, we need some source of motivation and that connection to, the, to passion. My wife is a list maker. And some of the time, she'll forget to put something on her list, right? And she'll get done with the activity. Then she'll go back and write it on her list and cross it off. So she gets uh-huh. that satisfaction of, oh, I got that done and I see it done on my list. Right.
2: Exactly, and that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And that's, okay. a, that's a that's a consistent way of showing of measuring. I mean, measurement. Okay, I mean, just look at Facebook for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, measure. It's it's gamification because we do a lot of work with organizations. We uh, we build cultures through gamification, and if you actually look at Facebook, um, why are billions of people on Facebook? Because you get a like. You know, and it's like, oh, I just put something up, and you're all you 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 oftentimes check, oh, how many people liked it, right? And you you've got, oh, how many people have shared it? And oh my gosh, you know, I've only got like three shares, and you're feeling like uh, I gotta, you know, next time I gotta do better. See, this is gamification, and when you create your own gamified work process Mm -hmm. for you know the product management, or for the achievement of specific elements of that product, or for maybe, you know, the product managers also need to communicate and, you know, work with the marketing guys. And you've got to communicate with the communications guys. And you've got to also deal with all these other different departments, finance to, you know, get the funding for different projects and stuff. So you've got all these different factors that are, Uh, that, that are incorporated into this, uh, in, into the gamification element where people can, can, can work better together simply by having elements of measurement which gamify the process. So it's like, oh, how many, how, how well did we cooperate? How well, um, did, uh, you know, we work together or how much was, how, uh, what scale was the teamwork Mm -hmm. index at? So these little things can make a huge impact when different departments are being are affecting the product
1: managers. So high achievers, they find ways to motivate themselves and keep moving forward and it's helping the team too, right? Stay motivated. Absolutely. Good. And I know from your book, the fourth dimension is called the persuasive dimension. Tell us about that one. All right.
2: Well, see, the persuasive dimension is, um, it's, it's basically about being able to influence people. Mm understanding people at a deeper level. So for example, I mean, understanding a person's motivations can help you to, well, essentially fill those motivations in a conversation, in a brand, in a product. Um, Understanding people's colored brain, for example, process will give you the, uh, the the communication process that will be more effective for them. So for example, if you're creating a brand, um, you, Have to, of course, you need to identify your primary target market. So once you understand, oh, okay, these people are like this, these people like this, you know, these are the things they buy, these are the things they eat, these are the things that uh, they do on the weekends, you have a much more clear understanding. So you will be able to create specific pockets of persuasion so that you you can say, ah, okay, I can go into this pocket and I'm going to go and and I'm going to achieve this emotion uh, with these people and I'll be able to get some kind of a reaction Mm -hmm. and I go into this pocket and I'll be able to create maybe a different emotion about this and I'll be able to create this reaction. So depending on the the different markets or the, or the single market or how you're putting things together, because of course, you know, when you're a product manager, you want to, uh, you, you, you can't, it can't be the same thing as society moves forward. You have to consistently be, you know, with, uh, with the trends and and you know moving with society and and being able to uh, persuade people as they also move forward and as new things are introduced,
1: right? And when I ask people wh- why they became product managers, this is the one that often is mentioned, or some aspect of it is like I wanted more influence, and then they realize that they don't inherently get it from the role, right? <laughs> it, it really it, it takes this. As you said, you know, understanding the other person's perspective and then be able to connect that and gain the influence over time because we're building up those relationships and understanding them better. And we know how to position what we're sharing in language that makes sense for them and kind of gets them interested to and motivates them to take action with us.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Good. So, okay. So, the persuasive dimension. What about the fifth dimension?
2: Okay. And that one is visibility. That one's all about personal branding. Okay. Um, You know, I I have met some incredibly smart people, um, brilliant individuals that accomplished nothing Hmm. Um, simply because they, you know, maybe their mom told them that, oh, you shouldn't show off and so you shouldn't really, you know, be so visible or, you know, in some cases maybe they're just a little bit shy and, you know, they just want to kind of work in the background and even though they may be brilliant, they only went so far, Hmm. Okay, And what we found is the people that really are top achievers, they develop their personal brand, hmm. their brand as, you know, the kind of person that's just going out there and, and you, know, you know, being uh, whoever they are. But the, the key thing here, create something unique of who you are, expand on it, and always be authentic to who you are. Right. Okay. So, so you, you have to start with authenticity, but you want to expand on elements that make you unique. Does
1: that make sense? Absolutely. So I, I have taken note when a new senior leader, maybe a CEO, comes into a company. When you start talking to people to find out, you know, who, who is this person? What, what is he or she like? The same phrase gets used over and over. Somehow this, uh, the new person coming in has established, at least in this context, their personal brand in some, you know, catchphrase sort of way. And that catchphrase is grounding. It, it somehow lets you connect to the person like, oh, that's what they're about, right?
2: Exactly. It's kind of like your values and your style and your um, vision all kind of combined mm-hmm. into one.
1: And it's just like as product managers, hopefully we know that we're going to get more people attracted to our product or are likely to buy the product when we're very specific in focusing on, on that niche focusing on messages that connect to them as opposed to putting out this really broad net that doesn't fit our target market, right? Exactly. The more we can do it being specific about who we're targeting and expressing what this product is about, just like our personal brand, the more people connect with that that should be connecting with it. Okay, so we got the sixth dimension there, the visibility dimension. This takes us, oh, sorry, the fifth dimension. That takes us to the sixth one. There are six total. That's the financial dimension. What about that?
2: you know, you don't have to be an accountant, but you have to understand money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so here, here's the thing. Sometimes people have these weird feelings and emotions about money and it and it just, you know, messes you up. You know, the people that we found that were the highest achievers were people that at least saw money as a tool, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that as a tool, it, can be used. It's not, you know, it's, there is always going to be risk and there's always, you know, there's always going to be a foundation of emotion, but it's a tool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just like any other tool you want to use an app, an app is a tool, right? So you don't want to use uh, Microsoft word. It's a tool. Okay. Money is a tool to achieve specific things. And, you know, there's one thing, that I felt was, um, I, I heard this somewhere and I, 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 I can't exactly remember where, but it really resonated with me also is, um, there's a lot of people out there that say, Oh, I have a problem. And what's your problem? Well, I don't have enough money to do this, or I don't have enough money to, you know, enough budget or whatever. Okay. And the thing that I, and, and, and this guy told me, you know, if, you have a problem that can be solved with money. It's not a problem. It's an expense. And all you have to do is find out how much money you need and work backwards to get to, to basically get the money you need to solve the expense.
1: It's a, a good way of reframing that B- because we often look at the money and say, oh, you know, th- this is our hurdle. This is what's stopping us from doing something as opposed if we think of it as an expense and we need to, we start thinking about ways. To, can we, how can we cover that expense so we can move forward?
2: Yeah. And you know, and it's not really, uh, you know, rocket science. If right. you actually, you know, you're, you're working backwards. I mean, okay. Okay. Let's just say, for example, um, you, you need to make a certain amount of uh, you, if you, you need need some extra budget for, you know, a new marketing campaign and you, uh, There's no budget for it, but you realize that, Hey, all I need to do is sell, um, 5,000 more widgets and I'll be able to get the revenue required in order to pay Mm -hmm. for the entire marketing thing. Right. Right. And okay. That could be one simple marketing campaign that you blast out through, uh, you know, email, for example. Okay. And suddenly you've got all the extra money. So now you can allocate more budget.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Good. So thank you very much for taking us through the dimensions of top achievers, failure-proof, discipline, motivation, persuasive, that influence, visibility, their personal brand, and financial, uh, you know, basic understanding of money here. Really good information. As listeners know, I always love a good innovation quote or a success quote. What do you have for us?
2: Well, okay. This is this is one of my own quotes because I'm slightly narcissistic. Um, so, okay, uh, this is a this is a quote on passion, and this is seriously well, like one of my favorite quotes. Okay, passion stems from the absolute belief that your actions may present an opportunity to become something more than you already are. And break that one down for us. I like the quote. So here, here's the thing. I mean you know, you, whenever you're excited about something, it's always linked to being more, right? I mean, we, we when we, either more in our jobs, more in our relationships, um, you know, more uh, ability to kind of, uh, you know, make friends or more ability to show off, um, whatever it is that, that makes us excited, okay, that gives us passion, um, and that maintains that passion is, is this consistency is like, you know, if I continue to do this, I work hard, I maybe, you know, give up a few Starbucks coffees, I, you know, do this, I can be more. So, right. and, and that goes for anything. I mean, right. you can be passionate about your body, you can be passionate about your work, you can be passionate about anything and make it work.
1: Yeah, and passion is a good motivator. It's a good thing for us to connect to. I think we often limit ourselves we're not more because of some limiting factors we have ourselves. I think it was Henry Ford that said something like, you know, if you believe you can or you can't, you're already right.
2: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was Henry Ford.
1: (laughs) So thanks for sharing that. I love the passion quote there. I want to go back to, you mentioned this boarding school uh, in Malaysia. I'm interested to know more about that. And of course, more about just the work you're doing, how people can follow up with you.
2: Well, all right. I mean, first of all, the uh, work that I've done in the past has been mostly for organizations. Uh, We've developed uh, and implemented organizational cultures uh, for higher performance. Mm -hmm. Um, We've developed leaders to change organizational cultures. We've created gamified work processes. But now the, um, the school Um, is kind of a culmination of all of the work I've done with corporates because one of the things that has been the biggest problem that a lot of these companies have is they say that when they have leaders or when they hire people, that they have to basically – that they're not leaders, they're not leadership material, and they have to retrain them, and it just takes too much money, too much um, time – um, especially in some countries to really build these people up to take on leadership roles. And these are college graduates. So it's, they're, they're not young. Well, okay. They're young, but they're not, I mean, they're not totally green and yet this is what most of the companies say. So the high school is uh, a culmination of my experience and uh, my partner who is, uh, who's the founder of Kingsley education Um, His name is Tansri Barry Goh, and he is this billionaire developer who's built cities literally across Malaysia. Hmm. And um, we've put together a a school that uh, has a very radical process to achieve great leaders that also are very competent in achievement. Um, And uh, one of the things is there's no teachers. Hmm. Uh, Now, let, let me clarify that. Okay, the t te- the, the 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 students actually are in groups of five, and they're at work groups. What we call wisdom teams, and they're part of a hive that has specific values and, and interests. So uh, they they all kind of at least get each other. Mm-hmm. Now, each as as I mentioned, there's always these weekly KPIs, these weekly objectives. So the students teach each other uh, based on the weekly objectives, but we have coaches. That support the students to do the research, that support the students to learn the right, you know, go and look for the right stuff, that, that supports the students to be better coaches and develop the other students. So the students already, you know, if, if a, if a teacher is teaching you, for example, what you have is you have the teacher basically is the authority figure? You're the follower. You listen. You do. End of story. And then you try to figure it out at the test. Mm-hmm. Okay? In this case, you're literally building not only the competency of being able to develop other people, but the responsibility to do so, and um, the sense of kind the, the 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 sense of of where of confidence where people, the, the kids can actually see that they actually have this potential. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then of course, you know, we're doing, uh, all these different things that help them to consistently reinforce all of the knowledge that they're learning. They have weekly, uh, the teams have weekly YouTube channels where they teach the world. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, each person is going to be writing their own book, uh, throughout the course. Um, There are uh, uh, what we call company partners. And, of course, if there's anybody listening that is interested in being a company partner, the only thing that's required is that you come to Malaysia, you come to the school uh, once every three months, and you give a real case study, and you stay there for three days, and then you basically will listen to the different Uh, teams on solutions to the problem that you've presented, take it back, see what works, see what doesn't work, and then give us a report um, at the, uh, uh, you know, a month later. Mm
1: -hmm. One of the things I have enjoyed at times, had the opportunity to be involved in uh, younger kids, right? And helping them think about innovation and and how how do you create new products and the like, and the things that they can come up with are just uh, incredible right? And absolutely, and this group of high school students that are learning to be better coaches in the sense of being better, you know, leaders over time, no doubt they would, pro- would provide new insights and different thinking for companies that wanted to participate in this.
2: Well, and, and that's the goal, right? So see, I mean, right now, the, you know, teachers used to be important because they spent a lot of time learning all of these different subjects. But now you go to Khan Academy, you go to Wikipedia, you go to mm-hmm. Google. I mean, it's all there. I, I, you know, I, I, if I need to know how to do the quadratic equation to uh, determine um, the uh, cables of a bridge, I can do that and I can do it faster than ever before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Just with Google. Right. Okay? I, have, I have written 11 books and, you know, when I first, when, I mean, when I was a kid, I literally, well, was in a special ed class because I couldn't spell and couldn't write well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And see what happens is you got all these really intelligent, super smart kids and they have amazing potential, but because the school system is saying, oh, you don't take a test well, or you're not doing well in this particular thing, their confidence is basically gone by the wayside. Right. And both, uh, Barry Goh and myself have, you know, we, we, were not, we were not good
1: at school. We sucked at school, and yet we've done amazing things in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're describing is kind of that flip classroom model, right? So, we we learn what we need elsewhere, and then we get together in the classroom in these groups, and we apply it, and we start making progress together and actually applying the concepts. This creates, you know, the motivation dimension that you talked about before. You know, Absolutely. When, when kids are taught the quadratic equation – it's just a formula. When they're actually on a project where they actually have to apply that or something else, now they have motivation to care about the concept because they're seeing how it matters. And it connects. It connects
2: Man. with other things. So you know they have to they have to use it for something, right? And and again, when even just again, how your brain works. Your brain works more effectively for remembering things long-term when things are connected and there is meaning to them, Mm -hmm. not when you're just regurgitating something that a teacher told you.
1: You guys have probably thought about this. It seems like another key benefit of what you're doing is providing a systems approach to thinking that we don't have in organizations. And as we're trying to create leaders of organizations, our MBA schools today primarily teach people how to optimize functions of the organization, right? How how do we optimize production, marketing, sales, right? The different functions. Right. And we have a really hard time taking those leaders and helping them to become systems thinkers and understanding that there's lots of levers in the organization. And when you turn the knob on one area a little bit, that's going to have impacts on the others. And the way that, that you optimize an organization is you do it as an entire system which is different. And I expect you're going to see these kids coming out of the program because they've been working on projects where they have to encounter all the different aspects together. They're going to be better leaders and better systems thinkers. And part of the system is people. Mm -hmm. And,
2: you know, that's what the schools right now are not teaching. They're not teaching you about people. They're They're teaching you English. They don't teach you communication. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, they teach you um, drama, but they don't teach you negotiation. They don't teach you uh, public speaking. They don't teach you how to inspire people to move and take action.
1: Right. That's a pretty compelling vision for the the school and uh, making a real difference in, in potential leaders' lives in the future. Well, that's the goal. Very cool. So how can listeners find out again about the work that you're doing for organizations? And if they want to look into the school too, how do they do that?
2: Well, I mean, for me, Arthur Kermazzi, you can just look me up on Google. I'm, I'm there. And um, But the school, you go to www.kingsley, uh, which is with a L-E-Y, leadership.academy,
1: kingsleyleadership.academy. Thanks for sharing that. I'll make sure there are links in the show notes for listeners to make it easy to find those resources as well and find out more about the school. And Arthur, thank you so much for taking the time to talk through the six dimensions of top achievers and sharing, I think, what's really important. I'm always interested in preparing the next generation of our leaders, of our innovators, and uh, sharing how you're doing that now with the Kingley Academy. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you so much, Chad. Really appreciate the time spent here.
1: Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator, where you make your move from product manager to product master, gaining the influence and confidence you need to create products customers love. Find the summary of the discussion with Arthur at TheEverydayInnovator.com slash one nine zero. Keep innovating.
0: Thank you for listening to the Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at the com.